Chapter 10 Hello, is someone there? An unfamiliar voice cut through the darkness of Milo's semi-consciousness. Milo tried to will herself to speak. A painful sound was all she could manage. I'm so sorry for whatever they've done to you, the empathetic stranger continued. That must mean you also hear Jael's voice, but you must hold out, okay? I know it's hard. I failed at a start. Also? Milo weakly murmured. Then, as it dawned on her who the stranger must be, a small surge of strength flowed through her. You're... you're the city they captured. Yes, I'm Julian, he replied with a somewhat sorrowful edge. It's, uh, nice to meet you, neighbor. Milo opened her eyes. She was suddenly aware that they'd been closed since Elian's men deposited her battered body into the cell. Since then, she drifted in and out of consciousness as, between the forced drugs and the torture, the three days since her capture had taken their toll. Thankfully, Elian and Toma finally paused their rotating shifts just when she felt she couldn't handle any more. It was probably to strategize a new approach to breaking her. Still, the respite of the cell from the torture in the chamber had felt like mercy to Milo. The cell was mostly dark, but the outlines were clear. A light somewhere along the corridor had illuminated the crack between the bottom of the heavy iron door and the stone ground. It spat a light directly into Milo's eyes. She shut them tightly again, squeezing as waves of pain radiated through her head. Rubbing her temples, she finally said, I'm Milo. It's a little hard to concentrate right now. The pain. Try to slow your breathing, Milo, Julian suggested. Like this. As he counted the seconds of long inhalations and even longer exhalations, Milo felt the migraine ease enough for her to open her eyes once again. How am I hearing you? she asked, surveying the small space. I was able to pickpocket a dull knife from a meal Toma had while supervising me. It wasn't sharp enough to stab anyone, but Jael told me to dig into the bottom of the left wall of my cell and await your arrival. I listened. I've been doing that mostly non-stop for the past few days, as they'd somehow left me alone since then. I'm guessing your capture was the reason, Julien explained. Then he guided her, saying, Follow my voice. You'll see the small hole. As Milo dragged herself closer to the corner, she ran her hand along the wall until she felt the rough patch with powdered sediments on the ground. I think I'm here. Yes, I can hear you much better now, Julien confirmed. I don't want to speak too loudly as the guards sometimes patrol the corridors. This way we can keep our voices down and strategize a way out of here. Who would have guessed that the Order couldn't hear Jael all this time? I'm assuming your story is like mine. You've heard Jael all your life, but you've had to hide it? No, actually, Milo sighed. It probably hasn't been more than a week. I'm a junior priestess. Well, I was. But just as Jael chose to speak to me, I came across two other cities like you and someone like me who wasn't in the Order. They told me the truth, that the Order no longer heard Jael. And well... Shael told us about you and that we should rescue you. You know, Milo, Julian started. I'm relieved Shael told me that someone would be coming to the cell next to mine, as had you told me you were of the order without that context, I wouldn't have trusted you. I would have assumed you were placed in the cell to extract information from me. Knowing Shael told others of my captor is the most comforting thing I've heard in a while, but I have to ask, is this a part of your rescue plan? Because, well... It doesn't seem to be working. Somehow, that statement struck both Milo and Julian as tremendously funny. They stifled a laugh at the behest of their dark humor. 
Milo stammered between painful giggles that the others would find a way to save them, but even saying it aloud provoked a new wave of laughter at their own expense. As if to fill them with a sense of renewed hope despite the gravity of their situation, Shael joined the exchange. Her three words silenced the prisoners with grateful smiles evoking tears of relief. They are coming. Is it ready? Zora asked. It's ready, Vlad confirmed. He had programmed the palace's portal to carry them straight to the heart of Zora's headquarters in the Earth colonies. There, they planned to stash away Milo and the captured city upon their rescue so the Order couldn't use them to potentially access Shiel's voice. Zora was then to update her people on the ground. Hopefully, the Earth's warriors wouldn't instantly attempt to execute the King of the Skycalls after she did. If all went well, they would form a united front with the Earth Calls against the Order. I'm proud of you, brother, Zora teased. You've come a long way from being against the Earth's involvement in this fight. A few days ago, I would have never pegged you as the one who would risk losing his neck for the sake of freeing everyone. Hmm, Vlad responded, glancing over to Jada and Legis as they spoke in hushed tones. He felt a surge of jealousy from the way Jada lovingly drew Legis in for a passionate kiss. Three days ago, whatever connection he'd felt with Jada suddenly became one-sided. Legis was sold on Jada remaining involved in the mission, but he'd also stepped up to rescue the city, making brave plans that could easily result in his death. Fear and admiration eclipsed Jada's face every time her husband opened his mouth about the mission. Legis was willing to do whatever it took to save Jael. He also now treated Jada with the reverence of a high priestess and the fervor of everlasting love. It was clear that Jada loved it. Thankfully, there had been enough distractions to keep Vlad focused. Jael had become frequent in her commands. It was how they knew Milo had been captured but was still alive. It was also how they knew they needed to get to the Earth Calls. Shael had not been clear as to why, but Vlad had a feeling a part of this test was his. As a result, he'd expressed immediate surrender to following Jael's will, no matter the cost. It was the only time Jada had smiled a familiar smile in his direction. While Vlad knew upstaging Legis was likely a pointless plan, he couldn't help but feel a little redeemed. Those three days had been the first time he'd admitted to himself that he was helplessly in love with Jada. Legis, Vlad called out, desperate to interrupt yet another display of the couple's affection. We need to get moving. The cover of the night won't last forever. Legis slowly dragged his lips away from Jada's but kept his eyes fixed on her as he replied, Yep, I'm coming. Then he descended into Jada once again, causing Vlad's eyes to roll and Zora to chuckle. Careful. Zora sang softly to Vlad, your green monster is showing. Vlad ignored her, turned on his heel, and headed over to his elite guards. They stood ready with some of Legis's most trusted forces. Legis finally pulled away from Jada when Vlad began to address them, jogging up to stand by his side as they went over the plan. Jada strolled on air toward Zora. Oh, sister, there's nothing like the elixir of truth in marriage. Clearly, Zora laughed. You're like a teenager in love, Jada. It's gag-worthy, but honestly, quite precious. So you're okay with leeches now? Jada pressed for her sister's approval. I'm okay acknowledging my prejudice. Sora grinned with a wink. One step at a time, okay? Jada nodded and hugged her, but a shadow crossed her eyes as the men picked up their weapons to leave. They'll be okay, Jada. This is Jaya's will. Sora squeezed Jada's hand. I only wish I could go with them, but as the sole connection to the Earth Calls, the risk is too high. I need to plead the Royal's case when we arrive on the ground. They wouldn't believe anyone else but me. I'm glad you're here with me, Jada sighed. 
I already have to worry about two people I love out there tonight. A third may have been too much. Zora glanced at Jado. It was clear her sister hadn't been fully aware of what she'd just admitted. She was distracted by those very two people who turned and smiled at her as they left, side by side. Vlad nudged Legis, tipping his head towards the high priest sneaking through the temple gardens. There he is. As Toma headed towards the tunnel's secret entrance, a cold wind picked up, sending chills down Legis's spine. This was the moment. Here and now was where he would sacrifice everything. He turned to the men and nodded, mouthing, Let's go. Silently beneath the cloaks of the shifting piece bracelets Vlad had supplied, the flattening of grass beneath their feet was the only impression left of their presence. Sneaking down into the tunnels, they paused their advance. The tunnels were heading in multiple directions. Vlad tried to listen out for Toma's footsteps. They echoed from the right, but there were two tunnels heading that way. Vlad was about to suggest they split up when Legis touched his arm and whispered, What does Jael say? It only occurred to Vlad then that it could be helpful to reach out. He'd never tried that before, believing himself only to be a receiver of messages. He knew if they split up, there was a 50-50 chance Vlad would be the one to rescue Milo and the city. He could see Jada's face, admiring him for his bravery instead of Legis. Then, the possibility of it being Legis who found them flashed across Vlad's mind. He shook his head, trying to dispel his projection of Jada's arms flying around Legis's neck. That was all it took for a prayer to lift from Vlad's thoughts to Jael. Please, help us. We know we are meant to go in this general direction, but should we take the first tunnel or the second? Jael, most surprisingly, responded instantly. Her words, however, didn't exactly help. The first leads to a darker truth. The second leads to their freedom. Well, Legis pressed, anything? Vlad stared at Legis wondering if to send him down the first path to truth so that he could be the hero. Still, this darker truth sounded sinister. It probably also held knowledge that would be more valuable than what could be learned from freeing the prisoners. Vlad knew that power was held in such knowledge. He longed to know what he did not. Yet, the thought of Jada's affection being solely directed at Legis for the rescue eliminated his indecision. We need to go down this one, he replied to Legis. The second tunnel leads to their freedom. Elian paced back and forth in the portal room housed in the furthest parts of the first tunnel. She checked on Tamna's progress earlier that evening as the king's sister headed towards the Earth Call's capital. Tamna had been only four hours away, and she'd been leaving death in her wake. The Earth Colonies now knew of the presence of the Dark Plague. War was underway as Tamna and her creatures, a small but mighty army of fifty, swarmed the villages and cities on the ground. Many had fled to the Earth capital, where the warriors were to make their final stand. If all went as planned, the Earth Culls would belong to Elian in just a few short hours, and its survivors would become her subjects. Elian worried that Tamna's quest for blood would lessen the number of survivors the High Priestess needed for her new plans. Initially, she'd hoped to destroy them all until she saw the fear elicited by the creatures. If Elian appeared just when they believed all hope was lost to save them from the Dark Plague, she knew their loyalty would be hers. It would mean sacrificing Tamna and the creatures. Still, after seeing the extent of their uncontrollable and destructive ways, Elian knew she couldn't let them survive. Elian also suspected that Tamna's attempt to divert her initial plans to use the Order's newfound weaponry was for more elusive reasons. The High Priestess believed the weapons could hurt the creatures. Thus, Tamna had tried to sell her a lie that such technology would destroy the foundation of the Sky Colonies. As she paced back and forth in the portal room, 
Elian felt an unfamiliar sense of anxiety overtake her. She hoped she knew what she was doing. High Priestess, Toma called out as he entered. Our men are ready to activate the weaponry as soon as we arrive at the Earth Calls. We've done the final training and all is well. Thank you for the update, Toma, Elian replied with a relieved sigh. You haven't seen them yet, but those creatures are formidable and they are devoted to Tamina. We can't afford any mistakes. We also need to know what Jael is up to, but breaking our prisoners hasn't been successful. I can't do both this and that at the same time. Have you come up with a new strategy? Toma looks down. I'm sorry, High Priestess. I've been preparing the men and... I've come up with something! Sigil's shrill voice interrupted Toma's as she entered the portal room. Elian was slightly annoyed, but then she reminded herself that Sigil was now one of them. Okay, granddaughter, what do you suggest? I think I should talk to Melo, Sigil began. I think I can appeal to her in a way no one else can. But how? Elian objected. Don't you two hate each other? Yes, Zigil agreed. But that was from a competitive place. Now that I most definitely have the upper hand, and she is locked up, I am the one who holds the power. I can appear to dangle a place of power under me if she chooses to join us. I'll even suggest we could be equals. But that was already our initial offer to her. She turned it down and instead withstood three days of torture. Yes, because it came from you. And you're scary, grandmother. You use pain to break her. Let me use relief. Just, just let me try. Elian glanced over to Tomo, who shrugged. Fine, Sigil, but report back to me in an hour. Julian, do you hear that? Footsteps, Milo hissed. They're soft, but... Yeah, I hear them. They seem to be coming this way. It's them, Milo gushed. Shail was right. They're here. Then, suddenly, the footsteps stopped. The tunnels fell silent. In its place, a far-off whistling rang through the air along with the jingling of keys. As it grew closer, Milo's heart dropped. She knew that whistled song anywhere. Oh, Milo! Sigil called out. Grandmother said we can have a little chat! Then, the jingling keys stopped in front of her cell's door. With a clang, a key pushed into the lock and turned. The door swung open to a triumphant Sigil holding the brightest light. Milo blocked her eyes and groaned. What do you want? Can't you see you've won? Why won't you just leave me alone? Sigil giggled strangely and then replied. I'm pretty sure you don't want me to do that. Oh, I do. I do. I really do. Oh, really? Then who's going to rescue you? Milo slowly lowered her hand and stared at Sigil's outline in the light. What? What do you mean? Why would you want to do that? Cause... <sighs> Sigil sighed. Her thoughts began to race as she considered what she was about to admit. Sigil hadn't been okay since her grandmother brought her into the inner circle. Initially, she'd screamed the news at any junior who would listen, ignoring their rolling eyes and aggravated huffs. Then, the inner circle initiated her and told her of the Order's darkest secret. None of the priests and priestesses could hear Jael anymore. Instead, they pretended they could to retain power over the sky colonies. Granted, they'd progressed in their technology, which intrigued Zigil, but the aim seemed to be to overthrow Jael. All her life, Zigil was convinced that she would be happy the moment she proved her worth to Elian and the Order. She thought acquiring a position of power as her grandmother did would be the route to do this. 
She believed it wouldn't affect her if she'd gotten the promotion without hay in Giles' voice. She had her grandmother for that. However, finding out what she had been taught was a lie shifted something in Sigil. She realized that being of importance mattered to her only if that importance was real. The order had become an illusion. To make matters worse, somehow, the only person Sigil now knew of any real importance was Milo. She was significant enough for the goddess of the universe to choose to speak to her over everyone else in the order. Zigil didn't understand why. Still, for the first time in her life, it was more crucial for her to matter to Jael than to her grandmother. Milo had won something greater, something intangible, and it was worth everything. Becoming eerily vulnerable for the first time, Zigil stared at Milo. Because I haven't won. You have. You can hear Jael. All of this may have been worth it if neither of us could while the order still did, but I can't shake it. I can't shake the fact that out of everyone in the order, Jael chose to speak to you. My own grandmother can't hear her, but you can? It's the most insulting thing ever. Uh, are you sure you're here to rescue me? Milo asked as Zigil descended into her usual bitterness. Zigil shook her head. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I am. And it's not because of you. It's because maybe Jael would appreciate me helping you and then speak to me too. Ever the self-serving one, aren't you? Milo gave a faint chuckle. Think whatever you want, Milo, but today I get to be your savior. Zigil could hardly get those words out of her mouth when the key she held in her hand was snatched from her. Then an invisible force strung her up against the wall Ropes appearing around her arms and feet and a thick cloth around her mouth. Sigil struggled and screamed through a muffled mouth, while Milo stared in shock. It was only when Sigil was secure that Vlad and Legia suddenly appeared before her. How? Milo exclaimed. Then she spied the shifting pieces, the royal gold bracelets on their arms, and glanced appreciatively at Vlad. It's nice to actually meet you. A weak Julian held up by two elite guards called from the doorway a few moments later. Now, let's get out of here, Legis grinned, pulling out two extra bracelets for Milo and Julian to cloak themselves. Mmm! Sigil cried through the cloth just as Milo took the shifting piece. Wait, Milo told everyone. Then she weakly knelt down in front of Sigil and stared into her eyes. She saw Sigil's fears, but she also saw the sincerity of her desire. Gently removing the cloth from her mouth, despite Vlad and Legis's opposition, she asked Sigil, What do you want? Truly. Sigil's eyes welled with tears as she understood the question. On the one hand, she could leave with them now, head to the uncertain future, and lose everything she'd already gained. On the other, she could stay, pretend to have been helplessly overpowered, and perhaps work as Jael's spy within the inner circle of the Order. Yet... The thought of being alone with this burden while Milo left for the adventure of a new life plunged Zigil's soul into loneliness. I want... I want something real, Zigil started, to be of real importance, but to Jael. You are, Zigil. You rescued me. You brought the keys. Jael said they were coming, and you were one of them who was meant to be here, Milo assured her. As Zigil broke into awkward sobs, Milo continued, But right now I need to know. Are you going to stay, or do you want to come with me? You're welcome to join us. And hey, maybe one day if you stop trying to stab me at every turn, we may even become friends. Zigil didn't answer. 
The fear radiating through her eyes was enough for Milo to gently put the cloth back into her mouth as tears streamed down her face. She gave Zigil a tight squeeze, whispering, Thank you, before nodding to Vlad and Legis, touching the shifting piece, and then disappearing before Zigil's eyes. After a few moments of pattering, the place was silent once again. Zigil could hear her heart beating as she panicked, thinking through the explanation she would give to her grandmother. If the hour passed without her return, they would come looking for her. The disappointment on their faces would likely eclipse any sense of compassion. Perhaps I should have gone with Milo. Regret plunged through her as she cursed herself for being so afraid to take the stand that Milo had. Instead, her fate was to be an insignificant priestess. She had no other purpose than to participate in a lie that even she couldn't stomach. Suddenly, Sigil's paws raised as a flush of energy ran over her body. Then she heard the words she never thought she'd be worthy of hearing. Thank you for helping my servants. I am always with you, Sigil. Your work has just begun. I need you to free the sphere called Senna.